Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kai United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Mike Booth. And I'm Dan McLennan. In this episode we're going to delve into the retain list across the EFL and see if there are any plays United should be targeting while doing a review of the season and looking back at predictions we made last summer. Zach Clough for League 2 top scorer, anyone? Yeah, I think there's going to be a few uh, embarrassed uh, faces when we look through those lists that uh, Mike very kindly went back and listened to. It's uh, wildly optimistic, I think, is the best way to describe how we were feeling last August, isn't it? It uh, didn't quite turn out the way we hoped. Um, how are you both doing, guys? You okay? Yeah, good. It just it's, it feels a bit weird to have been no real football. Yeah, kind of strange, isn't it, really? <laughs> Not really having mm. any games to look forward to or anything like that. Uh, Dan, are you ready for the um, the big Brunton Bugle Bundesliga grudge match tonight? Well, I'm, I'm sat here recording in my Hamburg shirt, so <laughs> certainly. For, uh, those, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a, a fan of Hamburg in Germany and Lee is a fan of for Berlin, and they meet in the Bundesliga relegation playoff tonight. Uh, Herf, Herf finished 16th, bot, uh, third bottom. Oh, cocked and, it up on the last day again. <laughs> yeah, and Hamburg finished third in Bundesliga 2. So they play off home and away, so they play tonight and Monday to decide who uh, goes into the Bundesliga. Yeah, it's going to be... Um... An interesting one to say the least. That one, I think it's fair to say. I'm, I'm not. I'm not overly confident going into it. If I'm brutally honest, but there you go. What can you do? Um, right. Well, let's get straight into the uh, this, this week's episode. What we're going to do this week episode? It's not going to be as long as some of the usual ones. We're essentially going to go through the news. We're going to have a, a mini season review, basically, which hopefully won't last too long because there's not really a huge amount of positive to talk about from that. Really, I think it's fair to say. Um, we will go through our predictions and how bad they were, and then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about some targets, aren't we? Really. We're going to look at who we could potentially sign over the summer, who we want to see the club sign. I mean, Paul Simpson may well go for completely different players. You never know, but um, but it's just some, you know, it's a bit, bit of fun and games, really, isn't it? Just to have a look through the list and see uh, exactly who we go for. Um, so let's get into it. And then news. Um, first, a bit of news related to the podcast. Um, some very good news. Uh, the London branch have agreed to sponsor us for another season. So there you go. Um, they've been fantastic this season, London Bunch. Um, they've been sponsoring the second half of the show. Um, they've got, you know, it's open to all kind of fans of London Bunch. Got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course every part of London and the South East. And they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and do a lot of fundraising for the club. Uh, they've been providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section over the season, and they'll be doing that again next season. Uh, if you want to find out more about London Branch, just go to the website, carlislelondonbranch.org, and get yourselves signed up there. Uh, I think they've been telling us that they've had quite a few people signing up who've been listening to the podcast. That's fantastic to hear. So there you go. Thank you once again for their support all season, and again for next season. Uh, first bit of a Carl United news then, lads. Um, first trio of pre-season friendlies have been announced, haven't they, Dan? And it's uh, no surprises who they're against, really, is it? (laughs) You know, uh, the usual suspects, I think it's fair to say. So um, 
So yeah, uh, United are going to be facing Penrith, Kendalltown and Workington in pre-season. They'll open up the campaign. Well, presume, we presume they open the campaign. There might be some games before this. We don't know yet. Um, but they'll open up on the Friday, the 1st of July, uh, with 7pm kickoff against Penrith at Frenchfields. Um, then on the Wednesday, they travel uh, down the M6 to face Kendall Town. Um, that's a 7.30pm kickoff on Wednesday, the 6th of July. And after that, they've got a trip down the uh, West Cumbrian Coast to face Workington on Saturday, the 9th of July, 3pm kickoff at Borough Park. Um, not a massive surprise, really, is there, in terms of who they're facing in these games, is it fair to say? No, uh, Paul Simpson sort of said, you know, it's the right thing. Uh, I think it's something that he's, he's he's bang on the money there, you know. Local clubs, one or two loans go to these clubs. It's always a good little money spinner for them, you know. We normally yeah. take several hundred fans and it sets, it sets them up for the season, you know. And obviously we play a lot of reserve games at Penrith especially, don't we, so... Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, Workington somewhere we often send one or two of the younger players. I can see that happening this season because we've got quite a few younger players already signed yeah. up and a few games some of these clubs will uh, maybe help them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the, the, one surprise maybe that they haven't announced a game against Carlisle City because obviously Carlisle City are now playing at the same level as, as Penrith and Kendall Town, aren't they? Because obviously Kendall are in the Northwest Counties League this season and uh, Penrith are in the Northern League but in the First Division in the same level as Pe- Carlo who obviously got promoted over the summer so mm. maybe a slight surprise it might well be that maybe they announce one for Saturday the second maybe split the squads over those two games they sometimes do that for the opening game don't they just have one where the, the whole squad gets to play game one one game well at this stage of pre-season I'm not sure we'll have that enough players to <laughs> maybe be is, doing is, that is yet this I don't stage, know. it's strange because obviously the season starts a week earlier this year it's on the mm. 30th of July so you know there's, there's mm. not a huge amount of time between these games and the start of the season so. plus uh, Paul Simpson has said he wants to get as many targets in for the start of pre-season as mm. possible mm. I think he said 22nd of June was it from memory yeah, so after twenty second is the week before, isn't it? Oh, sorry, no, that's the week that so the, the starting. So yeah, it's, it's, it, that, I think it's uh, middle of the week, the twenty second, because I think they normally come in and have a couple of days where they do all uh, the testing and you know a bit of fitness and check What's that tw- they've uh, adhered tw- to their plans for the summer. Twenty second of June is a Wednesday, um, so it's um, I, I'm guessing twenty uh, third. I think is when the the fixtures are out, isn't it? From what I remember, yeah, so yeah. That, that fits in quite well, actually. That, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. We also think there may well be a game against the Scottish side coming up, don't we? Because, um, in terms of uh, pre season, that we hear there's going to be a pre season training camp in Scotland, so possibly, but it's difficult to fit in, as you know. Dan, I, I, I think if it is, it will be before the Penrith game because yeah. Scottish League Cup, um, uh, is all through. Jan- uh, January, July now, mm. as the move to group fixtures, and some of the Scottish teams sort of use these as pre-season. The yeah. bigger teams, you know, so it, it's hard to organise games against Scottish teams until that's been drawn, and you know who has. There's always five in a group, so there's always one spare team. Mm. But some some of them are a bit wary of playing friendlies once the fixtures but, begin. Except it could but, always be potentially like an old firm under twenty three team. Who mm. they're not a part of that, and it would maybe give us a chance to look at potential loanees as well, or something. Possibly. 
Or maybe even one of the Highland leagues or something say, like that. Would be say, say no to B team football. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let's play let's play Fort William away. That's the one we want to do, isn't it? But there yeah. you go. Um yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I have heard the rumour is unsurprisingly we may play Sunderland at Brunton Park. Oh well that, there's a shock. <laughs> Sunderland yeah. or Middlesbrough was the tradition. It's usually it, one or the other, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's that's not confirmed in any way, shape or form. It's yeah. just a rumour that's kicking about. Yeah. Oh, well. um, other bit of news. Uh, new shots, uh, sorry, new shirt sponsor has been confirmed. Um, there was rumours swirling around, wasn't there? Especially at Bradford away that potentially it was going to be Story that were going to be the, the new shirt sponsor. But it's actually going to be Bimson's. Who, uh, we've been sponsoring the back of the shirt last year. It's a local haulage firm. So uh, fantastic. Same, them stepping up as well. I'm sure Thomas Graham will continue to support the club in whatever way they can with uh, different sponsorship deals. So, uh, yeah, fantastic news ahead of the new season. There's a lovely photo of Simo looking very excited in the uh, the cab of one of their trucks pulling the horn <laughs> uh, the other day. It's, uh, I'm sure, Mike, something that you can uh, definitely relate to, I think it's fair to say. No, I, I never look that happy when I'm in my truck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that many years have they left you jaded, have they, I guess. There yeah. you go. Um, so there's that. Uh, Josh Dixon, he's undergone his surgery, hasn't he, Dan? Um, so yeah, basically, it looks like he's out till next February, I think, by the looks of things. Long time, long time. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? And bear in mind, obviously, his contract's up next summer. You do wonder if that's it for him at Cal United, probably. But, you know, good luck to the lad. Really hope he can come back and, you know, at least get some games under his belt, whatever happens. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. And third time round as well. Not mm. nice at all. Not nice at all. Um, do we want to do a quick uh, round-up about Dan in terms of a couple of um, fans forum and uh, kiosk meeting bits? Yeah, uh, the club finally announced... Uh directors forum as the fans call it uh where we the public get a chance to question those who make the decisions uh it's on tuesday night uh they initially said it was season ticket holders only could apply because uh, there's only 100 spaces i would imagine it will likely go to general admission it normally does mm. uh they they usually uh screen it via facebook or youtube or i think it's youtube was mentioned but yeah uh nigel clibbins suzanne kidd john nixon stephen pattinson and billy atkinson from kiosk are the uh the panel so mm-hmm. if you've got anything to ask uh get yourself down or i'm pretty sure you'll be able to e- email in any questions yep. on the night there's usually someone uh, monitors for that and mm. speaking of kiosk they had the latest members meeting last week I was there with uh, one or two others uh, it wasn't massively attended but uh, some interesting discussions some uh, one or two new faces and ideas and uh, there was a full there was a full round up in their email at the weekend and also John Coleman was there by invite and he's uh, he's done a couple of uh, articles on uh, various topics and discussions, so they're well worth having a look at. Mm, definitely. Uh, well, follow that up just before we get on to the season review bit then. Um, let's just talk about very quick loan updates. So, um, uh, start with the one who actually played, Manny Man Parler. He started again. Final game of the season, he started way before, and they won. 
But it was Dover that they beat, so it's not really much to crow about, <laughs> is it, to be honest? Dover finished big, on big, one point. Big shout to Dover finishing on one point. Yeah, that, to be fair, it's a hell of an achievement considering what a mess they, of season they're yeah. being for them. And so. there were minus 21 points or something, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, so it's actually get that high in the end. I mean, points-wise, actually, the number of points they got, they weren't that far off Weymouth from what I remember, so <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing for Weymouth, really. Um, so, yeah, Weymouth finished with a 2-1 win. He played 82 minutes of that game, but that's... Uh, the end of their season, the end of his time at Weymouth, the end of his time at Cal United. So he's going to be looking for a new club over the summer. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I think he's going to struggle to get anything above National League North or South level based on mm. what we've seen. So uh, so there you go. Um, Tristan Abrahams, he didn't actually play at the weekend. It Grimsby were the 23rd team, if anyone doesn't know what I mean by that. It's basically the fact that National League this season is an odd number of teams. It's 23 teams rather than 24. So every weekend there's one team doesn't play which must be quite infuriating if you are in certain situations. But they were not playing, but they didn't have anything to worry about. They'd already secured a playoff place. Um, and they'll play against Notts County in the playoffs on Monday. I'm guessing that'll probably be live on BT Sport, I'd imagine, that one. So it might be worth a watch, see how Tristan gets on in that game. Two, two big clubs going for promotion there, isn't it? And obviously, um, we'll touch on it in, in the X-Files section, uh, but Stockport obviously came up as well, didn't they, at the... Uh, at the weekend, so fantastic to see them back in the league. Really, really good. Right, proper club, proper yes, club. proper yeah. club indeed. Let's get on to the season review. I mean, do we have to? That's the that's the question, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to think back, isn't it, last to last summer? I mean, we'll look at the predictions shortly, but just how optimistic we were, Mike, in terms of how we felt we could do. Because I mean, we'd had a bad end. Yeah. the previous season but there was a feeling wasn't there that actually we could kick on and potentially get ourselves into the playoffs this season yeah I mean on paper signings like Clough and Abrams like it looked good you know but it wasn't so <laughs> <laughs> proven to the point there that... they're, they're finishing the season review <laughs> yeah there you go I mean yeah, it, it, it just it just wasn't great, was it? I mean, it could it could have been quite good, but it wasn't. No, absolutely, <laughs> it's it just didn't go. Well. I mean, when you look back at the summer side, you mentioned there, Mike, that those signings. But I mean, Dan, when you look at it, we didn't actually sign that many players, did we? It was it was very sort no. of more or less stick with what we've got, and then obviously you had Lucas Jensen brought in as your backup for Who? Norman. I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> the great signing history. Indeed, but then you also had, you know, you had Corey Whelan come in. He, he looked a decent addition, you know, someone who's doing fairly well at Wigan alongside Zach Clough. Obviously, Ben to Clough before, Abrahams, and Man in Park, Man Pala was just seen was sort of an extra squad player, wasn't he? But generally, they've kept together what they had, and and there was a feeling we could kick on, but when you actually look at it, it wasn't that great as somewhere in terms of transfers. It's amazing with hindsight, isn't it? But it wasn't as good, yeah. Dan, was it? No. I mean, there was, there was a bit, bit of optimism, you know. I mean, we had our various reasons for dropping away the season before the COVID, the, yeah. you know, the the squad getting it all, etc. And there was sort of a, you know, maybe we, we don't need too many additions, and you know, we can we can push on with these additions, but uh, didn't quite happen. Huh? No, it was pretty poor, really, in the end. And um, I mean, I'm sort of looking through the squad here. I mean, well, we, we lost most of the back five, didn't we? Really, because obviously Farman yeah. went, uh, Hayden, Bennett, and uh, Tanner later in yeah. August. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, let's let's have a look at that August then. I mean, we actually look at it 
the start of the month, we were unbeaten in the first four league games. When you, when you look at it, we we started out with that nil nil against Colchester, followed up with a win at Swindon. Obviously, you've done really well this season in the playoffs, and um, and then we had Swindon. Swindon draws. were a mess at that time, though, weren't they? They were, well, yeah. They just took pulled of out of the mess. I think they'd just been taken over and signed. Like yeah, I think they, they were a bit of a mess in terms of they were still trying to find their feet, really, weren't they? Obviously, yeah. we ended that month with that two one defeat at Highlip, which wasn't a great performance. It then, was awful. Followed it up actually at the start of September for a win over Solvent. So at that point. You're six games in, you've only lost one game, you've won two, drawn three. It's not looking too bad at that stage, is it really? You think to yourself, you know what, actually, we could still do something here, potentially. Well, I think Abram scored went... something like three in his first five as well, or something, mm, didn't he? Some penalties in there, that's the one thing I would say. Then, we, then we went to Sutton. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Sutton, Sutton comes a few games later, but you look at that month of August, two key transfers out affected us, didn't they? Hayden and Tanner going. Hayden going on the opening day just before the first game. I mean, the, the fact that he missed that game was a was a big blow. And then Clough being injured, which was a you know, with again with hindsight, was a, a sign of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Losing Hayden before that first game, someone who not just important in terms of defending, but in terms of attacking set piece and stuff, made a big difference, didn't it? Yeah. It, well, it, 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 we, we replaced, I mean, we all knew Tanner would go eventually because he was too good to play for our league. And we we did sort of replace him in Calvin Miller, you know, with solid, solid enough player to this league. We replaced Aaron Hayden with Jonathan Dinsane. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that again. No, no disrespect to Dinsane, could be a cracking lad and that, but battle-hardened League 2 centre-back, he wasn't. No, I mean, he played that, he made one league appearance, didn't he? I don't yeah. think he quite count, well, does he, in fact, he probably does count for the uh, one-game winners because his only other appearances were in that competition we don't talk about, so, yeah, that that game against Forest Green, he was, started okay, but as soon as Jimmy Mack got the, got, you know, they got an idea of what he was like, we tore him apart, and, and you're right, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, Mello, I suppose, is a solid replacement for Tanner, but he's, he was never quite as exciting or good going forward, and Tanner no, gave us a bit no. of dynamism didn't, doing that. And like I said, Hayden was just so... I know, again, he'd, he, we were the first club he actually started regularly for, really, but he looked ready for it, didn't he? He looked like a player who was quite happy to throw himself about and get involved in the physical side. And Yeah, losing you, you, him, I think, was a big blow. You, you look at that run of results in through September and into October... We we got beat at Crawley. We yeah. scrambled a draw against Scunthorpe, and we were dreadful in that game, really yeah. bad. The, the the Sutton debacle, Forest Green did us. Bristol Rovers, who really struggled early on, yeah. When they hammered us three 0 on the back of Sutton, that was when the alarm bells went, wasn't it? Well, that's when he got sacked, wasn't it? It was after the Bristol Rovers game, is yeah. when um, Chris Beach got sacked. Uh, and actually, you know, looking at it, actually, I thought the losing run was a lot worse. But actually, when I look at it. We'd only, I say only, it was only, what, five games since that win over Salford? I know we had not played well Performances really, wasn't it? I think it? that's and what did it for him. The lack of ideas and... Yeah, yeah. It, I, mean, I suppose when you look at it, we'd actually only won two games at that point in the season, really, and we're 11 mm. games in. That's the bit that stands out. But actually, it was still early days, he's not, but there was a feeling that he just didn't know what, what to do, was there, really? And that, when you look at that Bristol Rovers game... That was one we could watch on iFollow, wasn't it? And I think everybody afterwards, it was just an eye-opener to like, oh God, we are in trouble here, aren't we? 
and it was yeah. tough. But I mean, obviously, then Gav Skelton steps up at that point. Um, obviously, we should mention actually Jordan Gibson came in as well, obviously in in August as well. And I think he took his time to find his feet, but when he did, he really started to look like a, a player who could do something for us, didn't he? I think as well. And long term, he looks like a really good signing. That's one thing you probably give Chris Beach a bit of credit for. Mm. So obviously, he goes first game up Tranmere. I mean, Tranmere were lucky to get a one 0 win from that game. It was a very scabby McDonald, game. McDonald McDonald on goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we, mm. we we look fairly solid. Actually, you know what? For all the stick he gets, I think I think Skelton deserves a bit of credit for solidifying us us in those. Games and we we were so unlucky that game against Newport. We could have won that, you know. We I thought we played actually some really nice stuff against a team that was you know pretty decent. And then against Oldham, the nil nil obviously was a bit battling there, a team down near the bottom. But he, he put us in an okay stead. Mm. And then came the Northampton game, which obviously is Keith Millen's first game. Chance I mean, Keith Millen gets a job. I mean, we're going winding the clock back a bit here, Dan. What was your first reaction when you heard that it was him getting the job? different mm. where's he come from who does he know because who does he know is manager, the key question wasn't it yeah yeah ob- obvious manager no not by mm. a long chalk but as ever you know i mean every player who comes to carlisle or manager as far as i'm concerned they get a clean clean slate mm. with me i mm. don't care what they've you know the one we always go back to Tranmere fans thought Kev Gray was the worst player ever to play yeah. for them. Mm. You know, so, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done. When you join Carlisle, it's a clean slate for me. And I personally will only ever judge players on what they've done at Carlisle, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's the best way to look at it. But yes, yeah, so that Northampton game comes and, oh my God, we were dreadful that game, weren't we, Mike? I think it's fair to say. And then, Yeah, but I mean, like, you couldn't put any of that on Millen with, it, you know, his first no. game. And, and all, all the rest of it. I mean, one thing I remember when he came in is because we didn't really want one of them names off the managerial merry-go-round, did we? So yeah. it, I was a little bit grateful that we went kind of left field. But I, I do remember saying at the time that I had reservations about his League 2 knowledge. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately where we went wrong, really, with that well, appointment. He, he, my mate Ian, who we all know, he said to me, gone by the end of February. And he was bang on, bang on with it. To be fair, you know, a lot. I was a bit like, it was a little bit harsh, isn't it? But <laughs> actually, when you look back at it, he was right, and and the signs were there fairly early on that he he didn't really get a grip of things quickly, did he? I mean, we went to that game against Exeter, and obviously for that game we were down to ten men for for much of that game, weren't we? And, you know, we we battled away, and we we, we very nearly nicked a point for that one. We mm. me and you both obviously went to that, mm. followed up by the Harrogate game, and then the game against Walsall. We wondered if that might have been the turning point. Nicking a 1-0 win so late on in that game. What I should say, at this, we haven't really sort of touched on the cup games here, but at this in, in round about this time, we had obviously the cup game against Histon, one of his, which I think was his actual first game. Horsham, sorry, not Histon. Horsham. And we weren't great in that game either. It should be said. Well, like, we, we got the win, though, didn't we? We got the win, but that, that again was another worrying sign. I, I, I think I think a lot of that is you, you chalk a game like that down due to the level of the opposition. You know, yeah. there's always a bit of nerviness. You know, yeah. you don't want to be on the end of an upset. They're going to have the game of their lives. You know, yeah. So obviously, yeah, that Warsaw game, we nicked that one nil win late on. Tristan getting the the winning goal. And then we obviously lose one nil at Mansfield in the, the, the game after that, which actually was, to be fair, was a very tight game against a team that was pushing for a playoff position. I can't remember if they were down struggling a bit at that point, maybe, but they were, you know, they they had big aims for the season at the very least. 
And then what came next was three wins in a row. And we thought, oh, finally, maybe things are clicking. Maybe things are starting to turn around. There were murmurs of a playoff push, weren't there? Yeah, I mean, we, we, you've got to remember as well, in that time, we, there was a big gap. Actually, I've completely forgot this. There was a big gap between us playing against Stevenage on the 11th through to then playing again on the 1st of January against Scunthorpe. But these were all teams that were struggling near the bottom. And that's the one thing we had to sort of take a step back from, wasn't there, really, actually analyse mm. in that way we actually had a five game unbeaten run it should be said we drew 1-1 one, one with Crawley probably a bit lucky to draw that and nil nil against Hartlepool again probably a bit lucky to draw that Howard made some great saves and but should... it was 11 points out of 15 in them five games you know true, true. and you should say well you know that, that potentially put us in a really good stead very quickly found out it wasn't the case should actually say we one thing we didn't touch on was the arrival of Mark Howard just after Beach was sacked that Skelton mm clearly took a decision and said to well we need to get a keeper in here to actually you know give us something to to help us here and he did make a massive difference pretty and much it was straight the in the starting 11 as soon as he signed as well wasn't yeah. he? because we we were thought, thinking that he might just be on the bench but we threw him no. straight in and no. he, he took to it like a duck to water did, did he not miss a game from that point or did he miss one i'm trying to think i'm pretty sure he played pretty much every game from yeah, that point think, onwards so i think he did yeah it was quite incredible um so yeah, we had that five-game unbeaten run, but then that was followed up by a, uh, I'm trying to count here in my head here, I think it's six-game run without a win. And that put paid to his chances of staying in the job, uh, Midland. Um, I mean, the 3-0 defeat at Forest Green, me, both me and you were there, Dan, and we both sort of agree. That's just one of those ones, isn't it, really? You know, they're, they're a decent side. We didn't actually play that badly in that game, but the Sutton game for a team that was, you know, probably put together quite cheaply but a very well drilled very well organised and played us off the park after, the, after that Forest Green game though he, he was making like wholesale changes yeah. where, which he didn't need to do like, like you say they were a good side yeah. they beat us it happened well, Morgan Feeney was the scapegoat for that yes. game yeah. because of his own goal and we were on the angle he Nothing had he to put done. something on it you know he would have been failing by not putting something on it and it just happened that the force of the shot meant that it spun in, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously Dinel Simu came in in January and those first few games he played, he was not great in them. I think it's fair to say he obviously came in for Feeney and it just wasn't working at first. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until obviously Simo comes in at the end of February that his season turned around. And yeah, so, so looking at the, the, the run of games, the only point we got in that run, six game run was against Colchester and that was thanks to a late Toby Shut Sir Silver goal. The rest of them, I mean, the 3-1 defeat to Port Vale in particular, we were abject in the second half of that game. I remember I was actually up, it was a Tuesday night game, and I was just up for a few days, and I was going straight back afterwards, and, and Megan came to the game with us, and she was genuinely like, you go and watch this every week. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. It, it wasn't good. I mean, the Colchester game, none of, I don't think any of us went to, but again, didn't, it sounded like a dreadful game between two poor teams, and then... We've got to bring ourselves to the Swindon game, don't we? And uh, Mr. McCurdy doing us a favour and, mm. you know, never be more grateful for a man being an absolute shithouse <laughs> against us, really, will they? It's, I mean, he tore the part that day. Fair play to him. He had a great game and obviously he's going to wind us up because that's the kind of person he is. Um, I was trying to figure out another word there, but I probably better not say it. Um, and yeah, and I think... Uh, Dan, have you been to a game with a more hostile atmosphere at the end towards your own team because I can't think of one where I don't know how to describe it it just 
the hatred towards everyone, including the opposition in that game, was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was starting to get the vitriol level was massive. You know, it was. Yeah. It, it wasn't it, nice. I'm, I'm trying to think of a word. There was. There was a taste in the air, wasn't there? And it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a nice one. And I think, to be fair, I think. Sometimes you do have to give the owners credit. I think they recognise straight away this can't carry on because the, the players aren't going to enjoy playing this. We need to do something to, to change things. And and the toxic, toxicity obviously wasn't just... I don't think people particularly hated Millen in any way. I think it's the fact that he was connected to... Um, we're going to say his name for the last time this season. <laughs> so there you go. That'll be a, one that'll be bleeped out. But because of his links to him, that was the reason why people just never really talked to him and to go and you know that they, they took a decisive decision and to bring Simo in straight away without even waiting around my word well, did that it, pay off <laughs> well the announcements all came one after the other didn't they because mm. the first it was announced Millen was gone and we were like oh mm. and then it was announced Holt is gone it's like oh mm. and then it's announced Simpson comes back and everyone's you know absolutely jubilant and what what an appointment I mean there was the cynic inside of me at the time was thinking they're doing it to appease the fans. He probably doesn't know League Two, just like Millen either. But regardless, he, he's he's a motivator, isn't he? He knows and, the club. And yeah, he knows the club. Said for that. And, and as well, you know, one of the things that we didn't mention before is some of Millen's comments to the press. Sort of like I can't remember it word for word, but he said something along the lines of the fans need to ignore what's going on off the pitch and just support us, kind of thing. And it's like, we've had to put up with a lot of crap over the past few years. You can't just yeah. tell us to put it to one side. Whereas Simo came in and he's like, look, I know there's stuff going on, on off the pitch, but we've got 15 games. We need to stay in the Football League and the other stuff can get dealt with after kind of thing. And he, he just gets it, doesn't he? Yeah, you know? people people will bite from him, won't they? But there you go. Mm. What followed, obviously, with Simo was, I mean, his first, I'm just looking at here, first seven games, six wins, one narrow defeat against Newport County that could easily have been a win as well, or even a draw. So, I mean, that, that shows you how good it was. Interesting, obviously, looking back, that actually the last um, eight games or so, we only got two wins from that. And there was two wins, one draw, and five defeats. So, it wasn't the greatest end of the season. But I think at that point, the squad that had been stretched so thin and players playing out of position really caught up on us, didn't it, really? And no one, I mean, other than Harrogate, no one battered us in those games. You know, a few 1-0, 2-0 defeats in there. But the 3-0 defeat against Harrogate is the only one that started us, really. That was a bad day. And you were at that game, weren't you, Dan? So, uh, Unfortunately. Sure, yeah, sorry, you can uh, remember that really well. But, I mean, some great moments in in that spell but since Summer took charge. I mean, that's where all the, the good moments from the season you can pick out are, really, aren't they? Other than maybe the game against Bradford, obviously, where we won 2-0 and, you know, the goals from Gibson and Patrick... All the other best moments, really, uh, since Simo came in, aren't they? I think it's. That's all the say. last minute winners, last minute equalizers, you know, yeah. all the rest of it. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, let's have a look through our predictions then, shall we? Let's. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make good reading. Let me load this up here. So, starting off, let's look at the uh, the league predictions. I mean, some of these aren't entirely correct yet because obviously we're still waiting on the uh, playoff winners to be confirmed. But we can go through some of them, can't we? Um. First up, champions. I went for for the Screen Rovers, so thank you very much. I will 100% take all my credit for that. Uh, Dan, what did you go for? Tranmere. Yeah, 
not not all the best pick that one is it really I think it's fair to say um, a disappointing season if I was a fan yeah, fan really really big Couldn't left finish off. ninth just just off the playoffs but... I'd fully expect them to be a lot stronger next season I really would mm. I think they'll be a tough team to beat I reckon they'll, they'll... especially with their defence yeah absolutely Mike who did you go for I went for the bookies favourites Salford never trust a bookie no. that's what I always say but yeah again Another team has had a bad season, haven't they, really, when you look mm. at it in the well, grand scheme of things. Just sat the manager, haven't they? Mm. Yep. But it's just uh, Billy Barr obviously losing his job at the same time. I should say that for the XFL so you could have enjoyed that. <laughs> um, promoted, uh, I went for Tramir and Salford, so I don't know why I'm crowed about your your two <laughs> choices because I was wrong on those. Uh, uh, I went for Forest Green and Salford. So you got one of them, right, in terms of promoted. Yeah. Uh, and I went Mike for Forest well. Green and Bristol Rovers. Oh, fair play, Mike. Getting Bristol mm. Rovers. I mean, that as well that looked like a terrible prediction mm. earlier in the season so you can thank Scunthorpe United for that one I think it's fair to say well, yeah. um, playoffs I think it's fair to say none we, of us we did. all said us didn't we uh, yes we all said us so that was wrong and we all um, said Bradford as well we all said Bradford again that was wrong um, Dan and Dan and myself went for Mansfield so that's correct they were in the playoffs they were in the final actually they were Done really well. Um, we both, but then we went for. I went for Walsall, which you know, yeah, they finished. And I went for what, Orient. Yeah, sixteenth and Orient finished thirteenth, so not great. Uh, Mike, you went for Port yeah, Vale. Uh, yeah, lost in the playoff semis, but no, not not a bad shout. And um, Newport, not they haven't lost. Got a game to play oh, sorry, I'm, I've completely mixed them up with Northampton. Yeah. Obviously, lost the game. I do apologize. <laughs> Locking into the future. Um, so there, there you go. So we're, we're pretty much on equal standing at the moment, I'd say. Other than maybe argue that Mike slightly ahead for getting Bristol Rovers as well. Can, can we get onto relegation? <laughs> yes, come on, come on then. So relegation. I went for Rochdale and Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, not a bad shout. Rochdale in the end. Yeah, got in 18th place. They pulled themselves away. They looked in trouble towards the end. Then they started to slide. Um, Mike, you went for Swindon and Oldham. I mean, Oldham, of course, you got right. Swindon couldn't be more wrong if you tried. <laughs> um, so go on then, Dan. Who did you go for? I got two teams that you both said, but I put them together and I said Swindon <laughs> and Oldham. So annoying that, isn't it, really? You get, get yeah. them together. But there you go. Really frustrating that, but... Uh, I think I also said Barrow would be in the mix of memory. I think he did, yeah. I seem to mm. remember you said that. I mean, you were absolutely desperate for them to be in the mix towards the end. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Dark Horse, a team we expected to do well. Uh, well, we were all terrible at this. I mean, Dan, you went for Orient, which is probably the best of the, of the bunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and Mike both went for Stevenage, who finished 21st. So, uh, so yeah, not great. Unexpected Strugglers. I mean, Dan, you went for Bristol Rovers. Well, pretty... I, went, I, I went for Bristol Rovers. And let's be honest... Till the turn of the year, mm. I was right yeah. because they were terrible. But fair play to Joey Barton; he turned them round. And second half of the season, they were probably the best team in the league, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, if you replicated their form over the whole season, they would have won it by mm. a canter as well. I think it's fair to say. Um, so I went for Northampton, you know, just, just as bad as yours, really, in that sense, because they finished just below them. Mike, you went for Trombis. So, I mean, yeah, didn't really struggle, but well, they did. No, I mean, it, I think 
the words, it wasn't unexpected struggles. Oh, I think the go. words were team that people think will do well, but they won't. And I, I, I wouldn't have expected them to struggle, but I, I just had reservations about where their goals were coming from. Yeah. And that obviously, you know, came to the to the fold. Yeah, it's fair to say. Um, okay, uh, top scorer. Dan, who did you go for? Club. Yeah, okay, less said about that one, the better. Uh, Mike, you <laughs> went... F- yeah. Park at you. Yeah, well... He's got. I bet he scored more than, than Zach Clough. Um, <laughs> I went for Danny Johnson. It didn't do quite as well as we'd hoped. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking through the list here, and I can't actually see him listed anywhere. So he must be quite low down. In fact, let's look at Mansfield because he'd be listed there. Um, Mike, you went for. I went for Brett Pittman. How many did he score? Uh, I don't know. Let Which probably tells you all you need to do on that one. Um, <laughs> Danny Johnson got four, so he still scored more than Zach Clough, so I'm, I'm taking that one. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find him. Who, who was he playing for? He was for Bristol Rovers, wasn't he, Brett Pittman? Yeah, he scored four, four and then okay. was loaned out to Eastley. <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. <laughs> then. I, think we're, I think we're going to be quite level here, so I'm going to have a quick look and see how many Zach Clough scored in the end. Cause I can't, was it four? Zach Clough scored two in the league and one in the FA Cup. Oh, uh, well, there you go. So if it's free, basically. So yeah, we we just narrowly nipped that one, but there you go. Uh, first manager sacked. Dan, you didn't answer this one. Chickened Ooh. out on that one. Um, I went for Neil Cox. I don't think it was Neil Cox. Who was it in the end? We should know was this, it, really. I will have a look. I, I can't remember exactly who it was, the first one to be sacked. But um, but yeah, uh, you went for Gary Bowie, Mike, who turns out it's the last one to get sacked. So you know, oh, yeah. you're a bit wrong with that one, unfortunately. <laughs> Carl United predictions, I mean, they're fairly... I mean, God, I mean, top scorer, Dan went for Clough, you went for Clough, I went for Abrahams. We were all appallingly wrong on that. In the end, it was... Uh, to be Amari fair, Patrick. if one of us had said Amari Patrick, it would have been like, yeah. he's gone. <laughs> get over that? it, get over it. We were really saying, but how could you predict that? Right. Play of the year. Hang on, I've just got the Go managers on. up. The first manager to leave was Mike Flynn at Newport. Ah. Uh, he would followed only just by Beach. followed by Chris Beach. Ah, well, there you go. I wouldn't have predicted Mike Flynn to be fair. So that's a fair deal. And then it was Neil Cox and Dave Challoner. Yeah, uh, Player of the Year. We all went for Clough. Um, I think we can all agree it's probably Mark Howard. Uh, comes from you, flight the floor everywhere. Um, most improved. Uh, wow. Um, Dan, you you probably got closer than me and Mike did. Definitely, you you went for Jack Armour. <laughs> I mean, who would you argue is most improved? Morgan Feeney, maybe? Well, for me, the whole Feeney thing was he didn't really play last year. And I think he's just been showing this year the player that he is. You know, rather than been improved, per se. He improved across the season, you could possibly argue. But, I mean, I don't know. It's a hard one. I mean, you could argue Rod McDonald was improved on last season. Most of our players weren't here a year ago. Yeah, that's (laughs) the problem you've got, isn't it? It's hard to... Yeah. Hard to say. Well, I'm taking that one. Yeah, you can have Jack Armour because it's what the nearest anyone's going to get to. It. He played played 41 games in the league. So. Yeah. Me and Mike said Gibby, sorry. Um, right, uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Sorry, what was that? What was G- that? I didn't quite catch that. Gibby, sorry. Gibby, too, there. To be fair, we had a bit of logic, didn't we? Because we were like, oh, you know, he'll be playing in front of fans and they'll get him going. When it, yeah, they, know, then Beach just, just decided not to play him. At he all. made three <laughs> starts and four sub appearances all season for us. 
Wow. Okay, fair enough then. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, season review-wise. Um, we'll take a little break, and then we'll be back to discuss a few targets and, uh, and wrap up with the X-Files section. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. Just thought I'd mix it up a little bit now. We've had John Mellish for a few weeks now, so... I wish we still had that with George. Uh, don't we all don't we all uh, right okay um, just to remind everyone you can subscribe to the podcast using all good podcast apps whether that be uh, Spotify Pocket Cast Google Podcast Apple Podcast and if you you can give us a review on any of those podcast apps as well that'd be fantastic five stars is always lovely to, to see um, also you can follow us on social media at Brunton Bugle on Twitter uh, same on Instagram we're also on Facebook just search for the Brunton Bugle and click like and you can uh, find us on the Cummings.net message board and the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook Facebook group as well and also email us bruntabugle at gmail.com right um okay so let's uh let's do the uh the, the section where we're going to look at some of the targets for next season guys so we, we've got a list together of what the the squad is like currently um this includes players who haven't confirmed whether they're signing contracts yet oh so, whoa, whoa whoa we've got a signing announcement coming oh have we oh carl united are signing a player hello Hello, this is, this, is, this is interesting while this, we're recording. Well, this is terrific while you're actually recording a podcast app, isn't it? I forgot to say. <laughs> so, as we record it, we'll reveal suddenly later on who the new sign is, and we'll try and get yeah. a little bit of a very quick reaction on that. Um, but anyway, so we've, we've got a list of basically the, the squad. So, keepers, Magnus Norman, yes, we're still waiting, but it looks like he probably will sign that, we reckon. Uh, Scott Simons and Gabe Breezy, keepers, defenders, Joel Senior, Jack Ellis. Corey Whelan, Morgan Feeney, John Mellish, Jack Armour and Max Killsby. Midfielders, Callum Guy, Jamie Devitt, question mark, obviously because he's going to come back for training. Uh, Brennan Dickinson, Taylor Charters, them two obviously waiting on the contract decision. So we think Charters has agreed it, we're not 100%. Um, Josh Dixon, obviously out for the season. Lewis Bell and Jordan Gibson. And then Strikers, uh, Christian Abrahams, Toby Shoy Silver, Amari Patrick, Christian Dennis and Sam Fishburn. So, I mean, first up, it probably looks like we're going to need to at least get a, a right wing back in, we think, potentially, a right back. What, what, I'll, uh, what I'll just jump in and say is we I use an app, don't I, that does yeah. uh, squads. When yeah. we when we when this episode's live, we'll do a separate treat, tweet with a, treat, a, a tweet with a picture of a squad. Mm. And we'll ask some of you a lot for your opinions uh, yeah. on what you think yeah. we need, etc. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, them. So, so we think we're in agreement. We probably need a centre back at the very least. Uh, we're going to need a, a right back or a right wing back. Um, maybe another one at left back, possibly not hundred percent on that one. Um, we definitely need a couple of midfielders in there, and probably a, a target man style striker, don't we? Maybe one winger. So, okay, Dan. Then uh, you're the man who's got all the lists and looks at all the different little things and and whatnot. Um, you always got your big list of targets, especially north of the border. Who do you want us to sign? Who 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 are you looking at and thinking they'll be a good signer for us? Well, we, we were talking goalkeepers to begin last mm. week, weren't we? And there was a couple stood out for us. Uh, yeah. One was Kieran O'Hara, who left Burton yes. Albion, former, yeah. former Man United. I think he would be excellent. Mm. Uh, and who was the other one we said? The one, the one I really like is Connor Ripley. Who's yes, that was Connor Ripley. He's at Preston North End. He's, he's a son of Stuart Ripley. You might uh, older fans might remember played for Blackburn Rovers back in the mid nineties when they won the Premier League title. Um, now he's uh, he started out at Middlesbrough and he's played against us a few times in pre-season games. And he played in one game. I think when he was about eighteen for Borough, 
And he had like the game of his life. He was unbelievable in that game. I think I think we actually won the game one nil, but I think we would we would have won it by four or five. It wasn't for him. He was brilliant, and he's generally been a really good lower league keeper in that time. I think he was on loan at Salford for a short while this season. I genuinely think it because he's what twenty nine. He's at peak age. I think it'd be a good one for as competition for for Howard. So, I mean, sorry Howard, sorry um, Norman. So I, I I think he'd be a really good signing. And he, like you said, O'Hara is one that you you'd picked out and uh, was interested in. I don't, Mike, if you've seen any goalkeepers out there. Well, I mean, between the lines of what Simo said, he doesn't want someone who's like thirty three, thirty four, thirty five. Mm. He, he'd rather someone younger. And I don't. He's he's mentioned something about getting someone in, in on loan, perhaps. So it could well be someone left field that we've never heard of who is getting a full season first-team football under the belt. Mm. Mm, possibly. be interesting to see what he does. I mean, mm. we've got two young keepers already. That's the only thing with that, but there you go. Mm. Um, see, that, yeah, goalkeeper-wise, I think we're sort of all in agreement. We probably, we're probably we going to need another keeper to challenge Norman because I think the two young lads probably need to get themselves out on loan and play a bit of football. They've still got... A, I don't know if they've got two years or one year left on the contract. So it's a bit unclear about that, but... I think it'd be best if they were playing football rather than you know sitting in the stands every week. So, so there you go. Um, Defender wise, um, again, Dan, any particular stand out for you that you've uh, you've seen out there? Not massively at the moment. Uh, we we've been linked with all kinds of defenders on the uh, the old rumor sites. Uh, on our sister site on the Cumbrians, I'm actually running a a list of every player mm. we're linked with to see A, how much rubbish these sites talk and B, <laughs> if we actually sign any of them, we're currently up to 11 players and we could actually name a full 11 from them <laughs> because we've got one goalie, five defenders, three midfielders and two strikers. Mm. Of those 11, I think there's one would maybe be, yeah, possible, or maybe two so far. But uh, no, I've... I've Defenders, what we need is we've got Morgan Feeney, and he's going yeah. to be the best player in League Two next season, isn't he? So, yeah, not that we're bigging him up or anything. I would like to see an older head, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I don't mean a Paul Huntington age older head. How about James I'd, Chester being released by Stoke? Oof, I'd, I'd make an exception. <laughs> imagine, to James imagine, eh? imagine, oh, James you know, like, no way he dropped this level. J- anyway. James Chester is possibly. My favourite loan player. That's how good mm. he was. That's a good big shout. That big shout indeed. He was, he, no, he was different class, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was. He was. I mean, how gutted were we at Tranmere that day when we were told he'd been pulled out? I remember we were all sitting there like, oh, th- th- that's going to kill our season, that is. Right, it? lads. Right. I'm afraid the the news is out. Oh, Carlisle United have agreed a two year deal with Owen Moxon. And you know what's really annoying about that is? I was just about to say. <laughs> He's on we could target, so I'm not going to be able to look yeah, at Yeah, well, on fun, funny enough, I, I, was at, uh, I was at Annan, wasn't I? Mm. On uh, Friday, and Greg Abbott and Gav Skelton were there. I was talking to them at uh, on the way into the ground, and I, I did ask if they were watching him, and they're not very coy, but... <laughs> There's some big clubs been watching him, and yeah. you know, quite impressive, that, isn't it? To get him, out. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was 24. See, he started out on our books, didn't he? He was in the. I don't think he ever got to youth team level. Did he? He was not YTS. No. He was uh, under 16 under level. 16, he was, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, 
But he went off. I mean, there's a photo. I'm looking on the website now, and there's a photo of him with Simo. I can't tell if he's a big lad or not because obviously Simo's quite he, short. He's a big lad. <laughs> he's a big lad. Yeah, he looks... I I noticed it when he was playing. But yeah, because he's uh, he's he, he stood out on the pitch to me, which mm. at that level is quite hard to do. Yeah. It's interesting because it's 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 not the greatest standard Scottish League too. There's some good players at that level though, isn't there? So you, you can find players occasionally. So as you said, bigger clubs have been watching him. So there was, there was a rumour Sheffield United were watching him. Mm. Breaking news yeah. on the podcast doesn't happen very often, does it? Really, yeah. that's uh, quite exciting, isn't it? So there you got Owen Moxon has signed a two-year deal with the Blues. Um, so that's a first step towards reshaping the squad for next season. Fantastic mm. stuff to see. Um, I mean, he ended up in the Scottish League Two Player of the se- uh, t- Season, didn't he? Uh, sorry, Team of the Season, I should say. So decent little player, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So defender-wise, like I said, there's, there's some good players out there. I mean, I was looking for the Championship list mostly, but. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some. Good, I mean, everyone's going to mention Reece Bennett, but I wouldn't go back to him. I, I, I don't think. I'm, do I'm not one for going back unless you need to make it. Unless there's a real, yeah, you know, got to be good enough. Thing, really, I mean, someone like David came in and made a difference. Didn't yeah, he, so. yeah, someone who got the club and was there for a long time the first time around. You can get that with someone like that. I mean, it's been mentioned before, but you look at Shrewsbury Town. They've let Ebanks, Landell, and Aaron Pierre go. I mean, Pierre's. I want to say he's getting on a bit now, but he's been around for quite a while now, hasn't he? I mean, mm. he, he always really impressed me when we played against him, but again, it's, it's, yeah, either of them would be a pretty good signing, to be fair, but then again, injury record-wise, I think for the tombs not the greatest, to be fair, mm. so whether you look at him, I don't know. Any other players you've spotted, Mike, that you really fancy? Um, well, Joe Matic was released from Rotherham. Who mm. is, he's 32 now, but he's... He was very, very. I mean, he spent most of his career at Championship level. Mm. Um, obviously, he's a fullback. I don't know if he'll be sort of coming in to more of a centre back role now. I don't know. Um, another name that I picked out though is Solly Hull had a left back with them called Harry Boys on loan mm. from Sheffield United, who yeah. scored five goals from like left wing back for them. Mm. And I would imagine that Sheffield United would want to loan him to League Two next season. Yeah you know, uh, step up. So with the Greg Abbott connection, that is a possibility. And another one, a spot, he wasn't released, but that, uh, and I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing Irish names, but <laughs> Ogan O'Connell from Rochdale, the centre-back. Um, yes. He, he wasn't released, but he's been offered a new deal. But mm. he's always been a good player, and I, I wouldn't object to, to him coming in. No, again, he's one I like. Actually, funny you mentioned Rochdale, because um, they let Alex Newby go. Who's obviously uh, the lad from mm. Barrow originally, and and the two games we played against, well, especially the game at Brunton Park, we played against them. He was excellent. Him and the the lad Liam Kelly in the midfield, really really good players. So I I, I wouldn't mind just having a little look at him again. The one question you'd ask is why have Rochdale letting him go? You were at the same mm, level to us. That's exactly. the one thing that stands out in your head. But then there's other players who, in the past who've been let go by other clubs at our level, and you think, mm. well, what, why are we looking at him? And actually, they turn out to be quite good. So yeah, so yeah. Um, Alex maybe he's indicated he wasn't going to stay so they've just not what's the point in offering yeah especially if, if, if they're over 24 as well there's yeah. no point offering them a deal if they're not going to stay speaking of speaking of Solihull one of the transfer rumour things was a player I'd actually take hmm. and that's uh, is it Joe Barra? yes yes Joe Sparrow Sabara is it Sabara I don't Sparrow. know if it's a silent B or S or 
Yeah. But he's a goal scoring midfielder and he mm. scores a lot. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's one I'd have a look at, definitely. I mean, you'd think with the Greg Abbott connection there, there's, there's a decent chance we'll have a look at least one or two of their players, possibly, just to see whether they're, they're up to it or not. Um, I mean, I'm, just, again, I'm looking back through the list here now. I mean, you do see the odd players here and there, good, but I mean, quite often they come out of complete left field. I mean, a couple of years ago, we signed Danny Devine, and I never really, to you know, I wouldn't have thought ever, well, why are we signing him? But he did came in. He did a solid enough job, really, when he was here. So mm. possibly, well, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to sign Callum Camps from Fleetwood, but I suspect he's off to Bristol Rovers. Uh, sorry, Br- Bristol Rovers. Sorry, with uh, yeah. with Joey Barton. Interestingly, Anthony Pilkinson was also let go by Fleetwood. He was a brilliant player, Stockport a few years ago, but. I don't know what's happened to his career. He just never seems to have taken off in the way it should have done. It's one of those plays, you know, where you watch him at League 2 and League 1 level and you think, you should be top-end championship at the very least with the, the ability mm. you've got, you know, on the ball, you know, shooting or passing and whatnot. And then they never quite kick on, do they? They never quite... They, they like being the big man at League 1 and League 2 level, don't they? And, and then they just sort of slowly drift away. So I mean, it's kind of a shame how his career sort of petered out almost, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Well, you you, met, you mentioned before signings from left field, and mm. so obviously I, I had a look at Solihull, and I've had a look at Bristol City as well, where Simpson mm. was yes, before. Yes, and now there's a, a striker, Lewis Britton, who's 21 and six foot four, and he had a loan spell at Waterford in Ireland this season, oh, okay. uh, where he where he scored four in twelve, which oh, okay. is it's, it's, it's all right. It, you know, we, we could do with a, a tall striker. Uh, yeah. Probably won't be on particularly high wages. It's you know potentially yeah. one of them. I mean, I'm looking through the list again now. I think your name. I think I seen. I think I saw someone mentioned him somewhere as well. Tom Carroll, uh, Ipswich Town as well as one. You know, he's, he's dropped down I'd quite be a bit. Amazed now. if we got him. I would be mm. amazed. I would, but he, he's a player. You know, he's definitely been linked and uh, and whatnot. So there's, there's plenty of options out there, isn't there? I think we're going to have to cut this short a little bit now, unfortunately, because Dan has actually got to nip off somewhere, um, <laughs> and we've, we've we've basically been. Um, been um, obviously taken up a lot of the time with the Owen Moxon crack, crack as well, so it's a shame. But uh, in a minute, Dan's going to run through the uh, the X Files section, and then uh, what we'll do is we'll I'll, I'll wrap up for this week. So um, it's a bit of a higgledy piggledy way to do this week's episode. But we might whether we come back with an episode next week, I don't know. But um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, Dan, then it's time for the X Files section. Okay, this week's X Blues, uh, not too much with the season just about over. Uh, most of our usual ones feature, though. Uh, James Tavernier scored a penalty for Rangers uh, midweek last week in the 4-1 win over Ross County. Uh, obviously, we recorded early last week, so that's why it's on this week's. Uh, also, after last night's unlucky penalty defeat where Tavernier was a penalty scorer, he's finished the Europa League as the top scorer. I think it was seven goals with four from the penalty spot, which for the right-back is uh, pretty incredible. Uh, Paddy Madden scored two goals, uh, big ones, as Stockport came back up as champions. Uh, he scored the only goal in a 1-0 midweek win versus Torquay last week, and then scored in the 2-0 win over Halifax, which combined with Wrexham's defeat, who were uh, needing a, a shock result anyway. Then, uh, yeah, Madden will be back in the Football League with Stockport. Uh, Harry McCurdy, probably our most regular feature this season, didn't he take the playoffs by storm? Scored both for Swindon in the 2-1 win against Port Vale, the second leg of which is tonight after we've recorded. Uh, Swindon looking like favourites to join Mansfield in the final. And Janet Branthwaite got a red card for Everton at home to Brentford. 
in a 3-2 defeat. There was a bit of controversy over this because uh, Richarlison got pulled his shirt in the box and a penalty wasn't given. The ball was punted up and Jared was the last man on Ivan Tony and I think to, I think Tony made a little bit of a meal of it. But as the Lord is, Branford had to go, so red card it was. And uh, one other last bit, uh, Kedwin Scott, another regular, uh, was named in the National League North Team of the Season for 21-22. No surprise given the performances of Gateshead who won the league. And that's it for the Explos this season. Right, well, that's it for this week's episode. Um, in terms of the next week, I think we're going to have a week off, possibly, really, because I'm not sure a huge amount of news is going to come out or anything extra. What we might do is have another look through all the potential targets in a couple of weeks' time and do a few of the little bits and pieces if there's a few signings yeah. made. But we might start doing some of the uh, the summer specials as well over the next few weeks to, just to fill a bit of time as well, because obviously we're going to have weeks where not much happens. Obviously, we'll have the fixture announcement week where we'll do something then as well. But um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll start to wrap stuff up then. Um, and that's it for this week. Lads, thanks once again for joining me. Um, thanks once again, everyone, for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. <laughs>